Bocafire.com. Bocafire is a better way to rent professional DSLR lenses. With 30-day rentals, unlimited swapping, free shipping, and free insurance coverage, Bocafire is the best deal around. Use any Pro, Canon, or Nikon lens for your DSLR camera with no return dates and no stress. Keep it as long as you want. When you're done, send the lens back using the prepaid shipping label and swap it for your next one. Offering all the most popular Canon and Nikon lenses, including primes, zooms, telephotos, and a lot more. Use the coupon code ANGRY15 to get 15% off any Bocafire membership. Valid now through July 2016, only at Bocafire.com. Um, so, a little bit of background about you guys. Uh, I'm sitting today with the Almond Brothers. Uh, right now, we're out of uh, York, PA. and This is the apartment of uh, Chris Almond, one of the brothers. And then we also have Eric Almond. Hey. Yeah, my uh, fellow Fedora brother over there. Yeah. <laughs> Door bros. Yeah. Uh-huh. I couldn't believe we went out with two guys in a, in a crew with fedoras on. It's like we dude, did. One, did you see there was another one at the crew. gas station? There was a third guy with a, <laughs> a fedora. I almost got the three of you together for a picture. <laughs> he didn't look like he'd be into that though. Yeah. No, yeah. Probably would have bonded pretty quick. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah. So what? Well, actually, you know what? I'll let you guys explain who you are and what you guys do. Uh, we've known each other for years, obviously. Um, but you know, tell you a bit about. Almond Brothers and and your company. You want to take it, Chris? Start out? Sure. Uh, So we are the Almond Brothers. And uh, my brother Eric is the producer and DP. I am the director and editor. And uh, we make all kinds of films from commercials to music videos to documentaries. on one side, and then we also have kind of a sister company that does wedding films. Nice. Yeah, I remember that. That's how I first learned about you guys was mm-hmm. uh, you guys did some stuff with like uh, Elena and Corwin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We we kind of, that was our start out of the gate into into filmmaking, you know, working full-time jobs. Uh, I was working in, in a factory Chris was you had the most badass job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I was, yeah, you know, making coal and yeah. It and <laughs> I, I was a kiln technician. I <laughs> was working at Lowe's. wasn't very glamorous. <laughs> wasn't very glamorous, yeah. but uh, and it wasn't anything creative. And it was one of those places that uh, the longer you work there, you could feel like your roots, your intelligence in like being sucked out of yeah. your brain. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and it was also swing shift, so it was you know slowly killing me. Oh like, yeah, it was yeah, it was Imagine. terrible. And then the air, you know, there's all the material, raw materials that come in there have like the skull and crossbones. And like, <laughs> if you looked up into the light, you you're just sitting see, going, I feel like I should have made a different life choice. Yeah. 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 You could see yeah. sparkles in the air. Like when from you look the, up the, the resin, chemicals? like metally dust. Yeah. It's just basically everything that the, you know, the place that people go for inspiration when they're making a <laughs> Disney cartoon. <laughs> And they need to make the lair. That's <laughs> yeah. That's kind of where they're like, well, let's yeah. go to uh, this factory. I almost fire. just said the name of. I'm not going to though. Yeah. See what it looks like in there, and then. But is it is, to me? I mean, obviously, I'm very, I'm very naive. So and when I hear of it, I think of like you know, amazing, uh, like you know, the Chevy kind of commercials <laughs> where you got guys wearing these aprons and there's like an orange glow to their sweaty <laughs> built bodies. There was an orange glow. There was this. So there's these long tunnels that are like insulated with certain types of brick and uh, fireproof material. No, oh, like a brick oven and pizza. The, <laughs> yeah, basically, but it was like a mile long and it burned Holy at like shit. 1500 degrees. So hell. And <laughs> basically, like a garage door, basically a heavy duty garage door would open right. up slowly and reveal Satan's taint. Reveal Satan's <laughs> lair, and you would push in another railroad car full of these certain type of brick that would cure at a rate oh, throughout wow. this tunnel. And uh, sometimes there would. The door would jam, and like too much oxygen would get in, and basically, is this like, like Rudy? Fires yeah, would is happen. Is like Rudy? That's, I mean, that's a pretty it, sort of dangerous place to work. And like, if something would get stuck in there, this happened three different times when I worked oh, there. God. You would have to put on this suit that you ever see the guys that are right next to the volcano, like, and they put on that like silver guys at the end of each. Yeah, I was, was going to yeah. say either like yeah. any kind of hazmat suit or bomb yeah. disposal yeah, unit. Yeah, or bomb it's, like, unit. it's always reflective, you know, whatever kind of suit it is. <laughs> You put that on and like walk into the 
vestibule, which is like purgatory. So is this basically. the first question you ask is, am I getting time and a half for this? Right? Yeah. Like you're like, I'm physically walking into this thing. I feel <laughs> yeah. like I should get paid hazard pay. Yeah. Hazard you know, pay. Something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. There was none of that. I mean, <laughs> we just expected. But, you know, you made great money. And I guess the, the way that part of, I guess, how we can tie that in to what we're talking about. <laughs> Um, as our introduction <laughs> said all that to say <laughs> basically having said that i love what i do um, now <laughs> you know i went from making very good money uh for for what i needed right. in life basically um i was buying a lot of ridiculous things that i didn't need and wasting a lot of money and then as this became more of a reality when we chris and i started making uh some films for some friend our very first wedding film um was for a friend of mine who i I've known him since kindergarten mm-hmm. and he was kind of like, I did his engagement photos oh, nice. and uh, he's like, you know, do you want to do video or photos for the wedding? And I was like, I didn't, no, I didn't no, realize kinda, you started out as a photographer. Yeah. Oh. I just did a lot, did a lot of everything nice. really. And um, he gave me the option and I looked online and like, it was literally terrible. <laughs> like there were all the videos online were like, Tim McGraw and and Vince Gill and nothing against Vince, right, you know, right. but like it's Love not, Gill. yeah, you know, but it wasn't really what we thought I would. It wasn't what I would want to watch if I were to get married, right, you right, know, right, or I am married at that time. Um, at yeah. that time, yeah, and we saw there was like one or two companies, one of them being Still Motion, mm-hmm. uh, making really amazing wedding films, and that kind of inspired us. Like, okay, let's analyze every one of their films and let's basically like copy yeah well you know, like, I, I, for, for lack right, of a better right. way to say you, it like that you, was that was what right we when, you, when you really think about it i mean and we weren't actually copying it because we couldn't <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so we were doing our version of that and it kind of morphed into our own style and nobody around where we were had seen anything like it right. really and so after doing his video and it was great because we had initially thought, oh, we'll make a 20-minute video and realized quickly that we could edit a solid five minutes. Right. Out yeah, of highlight reel. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but it was free. Yeah, you know? yeah. And we did it for free, so like that was mm-hmm. great. And then our next paying gig was we were actually paid with a bottle of tequila. Yeah. And that was by our longtime good buddy, Matt Yapel. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, we did a film for him and his wife. And then uh, from there on out, they all the weddings were paid. So we did those two free ones and then we took baby steps up from nice. there yeah. um and eventually we saw that we're doing this enough that it's kind of hard to do it while working a full-time right. job or and just giving away your weekends for like a whole year yeah right. yeah right. and and what was great was working that good paying job you know i was able to dump all that money and all the overtime money into gear right. and kind of get us something to start with and then um, from there, we kind of just both in I think 2012 jumped into full time. And, but yeah, you know, we left, I left a very good paying job. Chris, Chris left a not Chris so good paying job life. and, but yeah, kind of stopped touring because he was touring musician. At no. Yeah. I was so. doing a lot of music. I mean, stuff. nowadays you look like Hozier so I can see it, but back then <laughs> <laughs> I got the hair and the beard going, <laughs> rocking a tank. Um. Yeah, that was like that was definitely a, a tough choice because at the time I was, I was twenty one, twenty two. Right. So like, I still had plenty of screwing around years. Yeah, I'm sure, he you still, know what he I mean. Like pop tarts for breakfast and lunch. Yeah, and, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't need to like. I didn't at that point. I was still taking advantage of not having a real job right, and right, right. torn with bands and just screwing around. What'd you, what'd you play? Uh, at that time, drums, well, and then eventually singing and playing guitar. Nice. But um, yeah, it was it was a hard decision. I mean, I'm definitely glad that I made it and, and jumped on board uh, with Eric because at that point, I I had done a lot of like short film stuff in high school mm-hmm. and like um, just I, I never looked at it as something I could make money at because right. um, at that point I was so like headstrong into music that I didn't want to do I didn't want to do anything else. So right. it was at the point where 
you know, I was thinking like, well, if it's not working out, I'm just not trying hard enough. And yeah. Yeah. Don't make, yeah. don't make a backup plan. Yeah. That kind of mentality. Yeah, plan B only distracts you from plan A, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's a, that's a good question. Or a good segue. So, you know, you said that you had a, like a dormant kind of, uh, uh, longing, you know, for mm-hmm. making films because you did in high school. I mean, Eric, was it the same thing with you? Was it like you always had that kind of, feeling growing up or no um the way it worked for me was i always wanted to run my own business and back in right after high school i was on a motorcycle stunt team and that's kind of how uh that's kind of how chris kind of transitioned into the whole thing and honestly when i started the company chris was probably at that point better filmmaker than i was it was just you were kind of the vision the visionary i was the, I was the visionary type. and the business businessman he does kind and of look like uh what's his face right got that like, uh was, <laughs> like was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i'll tell you yeah hey, but like uh <laughs> it was so back in the stunt riding days mm. <laughs> we're stunners Sounds like my don't hurt when we we had to like kind of put media out, yeah, of course, we existed. Yeah. Otherwise, and you're just doing. Everybody on the team was like, they didn't want to do anything but ride. <laughs> and I was kind of like the guy who figured stuff out, right. like the newest tech for the bikes, right. the newest whatever, and I researched it online, you know. And um, he was so, the guy in the white car on the original Fast and Furious <laughs> with the beanie. Yes. Yeah, with the beanie, was. he was that guy. Yeah. I was. Um, I think they called him Beanie, didn't they? Could be. Uh, always had a good good hat on my head, but uh, but, any, but let's no. let's just make this known for people. I mean, this is obviously they can't see him. He's still got a great head of hair. Most yeah, people I mean, you wear hats all the time, like me, because you yeah. know you're hiding something in there. But that's kind of that's kind of an almond brother trait. One time, I actually had a nightmare that Chris was going to fall, and I was like, you know. You wouldn't think it'd be a nightmare for right. me, but like that was just a trait that we yeah. had. That, you know, we could then then all of a sudden your your identity is lost, right? You're like yeah. you can't be the now one like, bald brother and the one. You know what I mean? Ooh. I mean, I guess at least I had still had my hair, yeah. but anyway, appreciate the empathy. Though. Yeah, I was I was upset, pretty tore up. But he woke uh, up, so he woke Chris, up crying, bro. Come on, yeah. Hey, thank you. Chris and I are actually seven years apart in age. Mm. And, I didn't realize uh, it was that much. Yeah, most people don't. He looks old as shit. No. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, fun, fun fact, people, I have way more gray hair than Eric. And, and people usually think he's older. Usually. Uh, no, I definitely could tell he was older. I just didn't yeah. know seven years. That's that's the same yeah. age, my, uh, same as my, my my brother. So my, Edible? yeah, my brother Nebel, he's, yeah. well, I'm 32, so he's, you know, he's just getting up there. Getting up yeah. There. You hear this? <laughs> but yeah, we're like uh, seven and a half or six and a half years apart. It's about yeah. seven years. Um, and it's, you know, it's, that was, that was my other question was, you know, I'm very far removed from both of my siblings. So my sister's mm-hmm. 10 years older than me. My brother's seven years older than me. So when I grew up, for all intents and purposes, uh, from when I was eight or even let's just say 11, I was an only child because my brother and right. sister went to college and this was during the roaring nineties. So they literally went off to college, got a job, never moved, came back home and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, when I first met you guys and kind of uh, realized you're brothers, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, like being in a band, right? You sit there and you say, well, okay, can you really run a business with someone that you're related to? Because there can be those, you know, those, those oh, yeah. and valleys. And, uh, and, and especially to me, maybe, actually maybe it helps that you're so far apart. Because to me, you always see siblings that are much closer are the ones that are fighting all the time. Like my kids, mm-hmm. right? They're, less than two years apart and they just beat the crap out of each other all day. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but the funny thing is as soon as they're done beating the crap of each other, they're loving on each other. Or yeah. if I put them in separate parts of the house in two minutes, they're coming back downstairs going, where's, you know, my brother or where's my sister, you know? And, and, and they just, they always gravitate toward each other. Right. Um, but for me, I mean, uh, me and my brother get along, you know, but at the same time, uh, I wouldn't say that we're, you know, like, this you know what i mean we're not right. we're not like uh like you know my kids you know and i always for a long time i i missed i i, I hated that you know mm-hmm. um and i guess when i got older i started realizing what was good about it is that when i was getting into one stage of my life 
they were kind of getting into the not the next stage, but right. it was kind of like I had built in uh, advice or built in mm-hmm. you know people who had life experiences I could pull from. You know, mm-hmm. I'm lucky that I'm very close to my parents as well, so it's not like it was estranged from them that I could ask my brother and sister or my parents. But um, you know, I, honestly, I think about sometimes my old job. Uh, I worked. My brother worked at the company, yeah. and uh, while we were in the same department, we didn't have a whole lot of interaction. Um, we were a couple years removed. So, you know, while it was cool and I could say when I go to New York and go in the office, I see my brother and, and that was more than I used to see him before because he's got his own family and stuff like that and lives in Connecticut. Right. Um, you know, I thought about it sometimes. I thought like, hey, could could me and my brother ever like find something where you're going to, well, let's go all in and go into business with each other mm-hmm. or even any one of my siblings? And I don't, I don't know. And I don't know if that's mostly because you know, again, they're so far removed that they have their own careers and they're doing very well and, and they just yeah. kind of like have their own thing going on. Um, right. But I mean, what was that like for you guys? Did you ever think maybe bringing in the third person to kind of uh, be a buffer wouldn't be a bad idea? Or That that actually has never crossed my mind and, and I wouldn't. That's adorable. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that in an endearing way. Maybe, I mean, I don't mean it, you know, I don't mean to, to sound cold, but like it everything really had to work out perfectly right. to form a business partnership, right. you know, with anybody. Right. And like, what's the chances that it's your brother? Yeah. You know? And it kind of, it kind of worked that way. It's like, uh, it started out like I got that wedding gig and like, who do I know who can do this too? Right. Well, Didn't have brother. anything going on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and who's like someone Chris, who I could like, I could work who's for got free. Time who knows and, how to work right, a camera. Right. And, and like, a, well, know, Chris never even imagined making money doing this. So he'll probably <laughs> do it for free. Huh? This kid thinks it's I'll fun. Pay, I'll pay <laughs> this kid in a freaking Coke and a smile. <laughs> okay. So one thing too is like, imagine, you know, I was like 19. Chris is seven years younger. He's 12. You right. know, hanging out with me and all of my buddies, you know, doing the stunt bike thing, which, in and of itself is cool. Oh, well. oh come uh, on. And then yeah. it's like, yeah, it's your older brother and all these older guys too. Mm-hmm. So like, we were happy to have him come out and film because it was cool to, you know, have like, he would ride the 50 around. <laughs> we had a little pit bike. and That's like awesome. We'd film him a little bit, but he would do the filming so that none of us had to do it too. So like at the time, you know, that was great for, for us. But like, then like, Really quickly, he became a better filmmaker than than right. I was, you know, which was great. You know, I just wanted to do it to use the camera. Well, yeah. I mean, and you got to think about it, like we all know, right? If he's into it full time, right. he's going to be going right. a lot quicker than you, and you're into stunting right. full time, you know, and, right? And so yeah, right. And uh, yeah, I mean, so it wasn't like this is my brother, and he doesn't have any talent, and he. <laughs> my business partner you know what i mean like some immigrant worker he's like so i can pay this guy this ball of clay that i can like morph into (laughs) what will work for me it was like who do i know who i can start this business with and like it was a bonus that it was you know my brother you know and like we definitely had those your parents like metaphorical oh Oh, they're just gushing about it so so funny story we yeah we were filming a music video the other day. Oh, I, I, while, I saw you guys on Periscope. Yeah, yeah on Periscope, right? So Not th- too many people. Did. So it was, uh, <laughs> I think we had like 50-some people total watch our, our thing, which is a, hey, a good number, a, I but think. But to me also, you're, it's early. You know what I mean? So like if you're yeah. early adopters, yeah. it's only going to grow from there, you know? Yeah. So, and uh, we shut down for a second because I needed to use my phone. And when you're doing those live, yeah, you, can't, yeah. you have to shut it off to use your phone. So I was, I was using it for a second. And... I we had just put sent it, put a it, link out to like yeah, everybody yeah. we know on Facebook. Nice. So and and ass. put it uh and put it put it back in my pocket and and Eric and I started kept working on right. stuff and before I know it I get a text message put it in my pocket and it's our mom to both Eric right. and I say asking about the Periscope feed if when the Periscope when the Periscope feed's going back up That's awesome. and we're there like doing shots with the band right, right. and You're stuff like, ah, and we're like oh. We're yeah, yeah. So then the whole rest of the thing, we're like, oh, is there, Miles watching this. Uh, <laughs> there was a little one at the but, bottom of the yeah, 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 yeah. I kept going over and looking at the number of viewers, and there'd be like a one when we're not doing yeah, anything. Not we're like, throw, that's that's throwing mom, out just nothing staying. but hearts. 
Staying, <laughs> yep, staying strong for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can say the same thing. My and that's kind of what you expect and want, right? Your parents are your, yeah, biggest, yeah. your biggest fans, and yep. And I mean, I, I can say the same thing. It, it's funny. All my creative stuff uh, was kind of out of necessity. So the way I got into photography, uh, I was in college, and I realized in college I was I was doing well, which I never really did mm-hmm. in high school. Um, so I was making Dean's list and I was, you know, doing 18 credits a semester and I was doing summer school and, uh, I had some free electives. I'm like, all right, well, I haven't, and it's all like drawing and painting. I said, I haven't done that in <laughs> 10 years, you know, so why not, you know, get back into it? So I got into that. I realized I still suck at painting. I'm a much better drawer. <laughs> nothing. nothing yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but at the same time, the, I, I liked it and it was more fun than doing other crap, you know? So I took another class, and then the professor of that one, who was a department chair, um, had, had said, hey, you should check out my photography class. I'm like, sure. So I had to point and shoot at the time, and I, I went and took it, and, and I loved it. But it was funny because when, you know, when I graduated, it was like the height of the recession. So mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, well, I know I'm, and I, I had no job prospects at the time, and uh, no internship. I had one internship, it was a joke. And I was like, you know what? What should I do? And I literally went to my dad, and just and just was like, hey, like, what do you think? You know, I'm doing well in school. I realize it's pretty cool. Like, what what should I do? And uh, and he told me, well, you know, you have your undergrad in advertising, you can be your MBA. That way, you can kind of round out your portfolio and that kind of thing, and, and be more attractive to companies. And I said, all right. So I just did it. Don't get me wrong; I'm not blindly following. I did my research, but at the same time, it was always like my parents were were my huge inspiration you know like yeah they they've taken crazy risks like my dad moving everyone from puerto rico to the states you know that everyone thought it was crazy you know mm-hmm. um so i could say he's taken more risks in his life than i probably have so i find that ins- inspiring so when i graduated then was another downturn in 2008 <laughs> in the uh, credit crunch so i was you know sitting there going like well at what do i do now and uh and when i was in grad school i got my first job was through photography was at a um a photo studio like a high-end photo studio and that was mm-hmm. kind of what started the whole thing going and it, yeah i mean up until now then i started i quit that job and moved to philadelphia and was just doing freelance photography and uh and it was funny because i'd always done i don't want to say what's been expected of me but i've always mm-hmm. done like the traditional path you know like you go to your college you do good you do this and you go to grad school and then you try and get a job and i just never could so it was right. kind of like when i started getting more into the creative stuff my parents while they're always been very supportive were kind of like look we don't blame you you know like you mm-hmm. obviously are trying for the normal you know steady salary kind of thing and if it's not coming to you well then you don't want to sit on idle hands just as long as you're doing something it's going to be good so it's right. kind of like even this, I mean, you know, trying to do this and, and writing more and blogging more and, uh, you know, just, just keeping in touch with all my creative ramblings. I can be pretty, you know, <laughs> you need one of these. Yeah, exactly. It's a point to a big, that a big thing whiteboard. was full. Yeah. It's a, a giant. And this is, this is a, definitely a great thing for, for anybody is they're at Lowe's or Home Depot. They both have it. It's giant. It's back with near like the plywood and like the wall paneling and that kind of right. stuff. And obviously, it's not sold as a dry erase board, but it's so. What is a, it? Just foam like, core that's really shiny and no. It's no, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's like uh, wallboard, like that. Yeah, it's like wallboard paneling. type. Oh, okay. Type yeah. Paneling, yeah. but paneling. one side of it is shiny and smooth and white, exactly like a whiteboard. It works with markers and erasers just like a whiteboard, oh, but you get a four by eight thing of it for like twelve bucks. Oh wow. That was twelve dollars. Like if you go on Amazon and look at the biggest whiteboard they have, yeah. it's like I mean you can get a chalkboard size, you know, a classroom chalkboard size whiteboard, but it's like six hundred, eight hundred a grand. Yeah. And just you know? mounting that thing is you know what I mean? You yeah, studs and shit. Really this thing, I think there's one. There's there is literally one screw in this. <laughs> I mean, it could be well, a little bit more supported, but it, it, it but could again, be. It's, but it's, okay. you know what? I didn't have Part I didn't have time to. Yeah, I didn't have time to do that. I put one I screw in it. Time. He literally put by, one yeah. screw in the corner. By that, by the time I put no that one in, I had so many ideas to fill up the whiteboard <laughs> with that I, I never looked All back. Right, so that, that brings up an, a good thing in my notes. So, uh, I guess coming from. Your creative side, right? And you're and you're a musician, and, and never. Any, 
and he's creative in the sense of you know hey i'm gonna do crazy crazy stuff on my bike uh but so I, I my question is now you're more in a commercial space you still do weddings of course but and and, and to me it's like you know obviously the commercial space is big on the creative process right so like mm-hmm. storyboarding stuff you know location scouting pitching stuff to clients right did you ever feel like you could do that with weddings or was weddings kind of like it's such a day of like any planning you have day of doesn't matter so it's kind of like can you really even storyboard a wedding Video and uh, and you can you go into it with ideas of shots that you want right. to have, and and I guess in a way you have a loose shot list. Right. One thing that we were always really good at is uh, we would review what we did shoot and kind of critique, and we we kind of developed a way that I knew what he was going to get, and mm-hmm. he knew because every wedding we do, he shoots the groom. And the groomsmen getting ready. I shoot the bride and the bridesmaids getting right. ready. We do an interview with each of them. And we ask the same questions. We shoot a lot of the same type of shots. But at the same time, one of the biggest attributes I feel like we have and that really helped us. Well, we got a problem with the levels up there. Can you hear them? I can hear them. Yeah, they're not. That's him on the bottom, right? So it's, it's moving. Um, I think it's also the fact that this is Really small. Oh, really okay. Fine. All right, we're good. Yeah. Sorry. So that that would be an example. We can cut that out later. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, one of the things that, you know, I think makes us really good uh, winning filmmakers and documentary filmmakers mm-hmm. is because basically it's always a bunch of mini stories making up a big story. And you have to be able to spot the mini stories as they're happening. So... Maybe an example of a mini story would be the groom surprises the bride with a small gift and a card. So it's always clutch, and and it is, wedding. and like that's nice. something that happens a lot. But if you, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So when Mine's something be like you know what your gift is, you're getting married. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that me. Same. I'm yeah. your gift. Yeah, congratulations. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like when you can spot something like literally as it's happening and create a cinematic way of shooting that. Right. You know, that's a documentary type of skill that we've developed and it. So you can't really storyboard that. And that's our thing. We don't, we don't really stage anything. Right. Like, right, right. Uh, and there's a lot of companies that do that, but we don't like to impose ourselves in that kind of a way. And right. we feel like, and I honestly, the reason I disliked photography was the amount Ooh, of staging. Right, tell us how you feel. The, the amount of staging you would have to do. Right. Uh, and right posing. Right, right. I hate posing couples. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I put it out there that, like, it's, yeah. you know, and, like, every once in a while, you know, you hear a female photographer talk to uh, a couple or to a group of bridesmaids, and she says, give me a little giggle. Well, <laughs> can you picture me saying to a no, group of bridesmaids? No. Give me a little giggle no. and like you know, you know I, so even I, even right now or yeah. or the just saying creeps me out. Just stop yeah. saying it. Come on, give me a little C- giggle. Cer- <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly don't want to laugh. Tell you it's that. Like, yeah, it puts the lotion on its skin. Yeah. Give me yeah. a little yeah. giggle. <laughs> no, it's just like so. there it was. It worked. <laughs> Got him. Worked. Hear that Got him. <laughs> yeah, but so like at what we do, our our new strategy that like we started bringing our camera that shoots slow motion to weddings. Oh, the F. FS seven hundred, yeah, yeah, that was nice. And uh, when the bride and the groom are in the portrait session, mm-hmm. a lot of times you'll get the most authentic moment right after they're done holding a pose, because you'll get them like laughing and they'll give each other that extra kiss that isn't a pose kiss, right? You're like, hey, look, we're still doing this, and you know, you yeah, capture yeah, that in slow yeah. motion, and, and it totally is something real. Dude, that get, I, I'm getting weepy right here just hearing about it. Yeah, man, it's old. That's cool. 240 frames. <laughs> yeah. No, and I remember I've seen that. I remember we, we did that stuff for uh for the Baltimore Grand Prix. Yeah, and, yeah. And the IndyCar experience. And that was legit. I mean, just watching someone zipper. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Uh, On a jacket. Just, yeah. just yeah. to be. <laughs> just <laughs> no, to clarify yeah. here. Well, no, it was the um the racing suit. Racing yeah, suit. it was the yeah. racing suit. And it was from the waist up, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, so, yeah, it was the chest but Yeah, part. but when it was uh <laughs> when it was coming up. I mean, even that was just so cool. Yeah, yeah. And the walking scene when they're walking back through the pits and 
mm-hmm. looking like the Rat Pack. I yeah, mean, it's or a it's Reservoir production. Dogs, I mean, that was value, awesome. Yeah. So I guess that kind of brings another thing. What would you guys say uh, is your best job to date? And I think this will be interesting because you know you might think, okay, what was the most commercially viable, or what was the most you know profitable uh, job we've had, or maybe maybe your response is, you know what, it, maybe it was a personal personal project or or whatever. But what would you say is your best job to date thus far? Go ahead, Chris. Take well, it first. Yeah, you, bo- yeah, you, bo- you both might my, have a different yeah, answer. Yeah. I'll get my version. Then. So for me, um, and I think this is probably common of of a lot of creatives. I, a lot of times, I feel like my like any whatever our latest project is is our best work. Uh, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, but uh, definitely the the music video we, that we just wrapped shooting. I think. Who is it for again? Uh, it was for a band called Two Side Divide, but they're kind of. They are this music video. We kind of part of their push, their publicity push. Oh, nice! Their initially, kind of thing. What um, kind of music is it? Uh, it's like hard rock nice. type stuff. So, yeah. um, but I, I think in the way of you know, we we took their budget and we stretched it, so it was kind of half a job, half a personal project for us because right. we saw the opportunity. They were very open creatively nice. uh, for us to and write. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean. Um, so and and we kind of we went through the whole process in a way that was just it was it was very correct for how our workflow has has become and it was like you know two two years ago a year and a half ago there would be we would just get into a lot of like ridiculous arguments that really didn't matter or whatever but a lot of it would come from both of us being passionate about a certain part of the creative process right and when things weren't wouldn't drive perfectly it would it would create an argument and then right. pride comes in you know how that stuff yeah um, beating on your chest yeah yeah um but with the way we've we've started working lately it's like so so for the music video uh i wrote a script then eric took that script and and did up a shot list and then we got together uh and like went over like went to the location and kind of walked through everything and like you know uh and and then we kind of like i don't know there was enough different eric did a ton of stuff on the lighting that was like rather than just lighting it in a way that worked he like really dug in and looked at each place and scenario and all that stuff to say you know what what is like how how do I maximize this kind of thing? Right, right. And and I tried tried my best to do the same thing on like the script and uh you know working with the actors and the and the casting and stuff like that. And by doing that, I was so enthralled in the things I was doing, and he was so enthralled in the things that he was doing. And then you know we both worked very well on the things together because there was no toe stepping. You know right. we we were so like far into what each of us were doing and two great things came out of that is one, you know, no, no petty arguments ever happened, but two, right. the work is, I I think is going to be some of our best stuff yet. Nice. Because we both just dug so far into our respective. Well, yeah, it makes sense. I don't know if you guys are sports fans, but for me, like I love football. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's the same thing. People tell you all the time, do your job. Like literally you're a whole team but the whole big thing is, if everyone just does their as individual assignment, everything will click. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like what you were saying. Like, if you both kind of felt, and that was one of my questions before, was uh, when you guys started and you said, okay, we're both going to go in on this, the, I guess the biggest struggle was that delegation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Saying, yeah, okay, absolutely. this is your thing. And you're, we may, we may have like a collaborative nature about it, but in the end, you have the final say. Yeah. And vice versa. And I'm sure that was. It took us one of two hard, years. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's probably one of the toughest things. But like you said, you're you're now in a place where a couple of years in, you're starting to gel more and, and realize what works and, and that kind of stuff. And and I could have sworn when you guys both gave your titles that it was reversed a year ago. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. Well, it well it kind of it did. Uh, so I was always usually the main cameraman, but there was a point when we. Thought and Chris always was the editor, and from there, right. our other jobs, uh, they moved around. Like I was directing, um, a little bit because we thought a lot of our work was going to be work that the DP could direct, 
and, and uh, or for a while we thought, okay, well, I'll direct and DP, and then we'll hire a cameraman, and you know. But it ended up we found out because initially there were a lot of problems with us butting heads creatively because we couldn't, you know, we weren't. So part of it was we weren't getting jobs that were allowing us to flex our creative muscles where right. if Chris was directing and I was shooting, there was like, there was nothing to really do. You know what I mean? For, for right. both of us. So, um, you know, we shot a lot of golf projects mm. and, uh, no, I was just, uh, I guess what to say, I think I, I can hear your breathing. Oh, very rhythmic. We'll, we'll it, was, cut, it was lulling me to sleep. We'll, That's we'll, why I was like, we'll cut that out just on my track. Okay. Um, so yeah, like at first it was a matter of that. And then we also thought, oh, we're going to travel a lot. And there was a, you know, period of time where, you know, we weren't sure if we both wanted to travel and right, that right. kind of thing because of family life and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we kind of had just figured out, you know, we like, and I, and I think the reason the music video, music video is one of my favorites, um, and the reason why is because I do feel like there, for me personally, there was a moment on it where I was working on the shot list and there's kind of a very traditional like way of like wide, medium, close up, wide, medium, close up. This is how you cover dialogue. Right. And like a, a more of a way to cover it like that. But some of my favorite filmmakers are people who break the rules in certain ways or have, uh, you know, bring a meaning to the reason they're breaking the rules. So we kind of thought, okay, well, I kind of thought to myself, well, rather than just do this the mechanical way and then let Chris direct it and just kind of like, okay, this is this what you want? Is this what you want? Is this what right. you want? I'm going to bring as much as I can personally, you know, to the visual side of it mm-hmm. with like purposeful lighting, you know? So mm-hmm. an example of that would have been, um, I, I bought some, some gels, some sodium vapor gels that emulate sodium vapor lighting. And one of my favorite shots is, you know, we're, we're shooting from outside this convenience store and there's this beautiful, like, sodium vapor colored light that's like... So what would that be like in terms of color time? Like a really extreme yellow. Basically, you're putting... A oh, mustard, like, a mustard like a colored lamp. gel. Right. I was gonna say like a convenience store yeah. kind of look. It's a right? mustard colored gel on top of a tungsten light. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. and we were day light balanced, right? Because we were going into a convenience store that was all kinds of fluorescence, and we were wanted to let that happen. We wanted that terrible fluorescent light. And <laughs> it is. It is so. You know what? You walk into so, some bodegas and you're like, my life. It's you know? it's so cinematic because yeah. and the color contrast between that and the fluorescence inside you know as yeah. these two people are robbing the convenience store oh i'm getting a little yeah little a little, dig into the uh might, might get a little teaser here and, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll a little, sh- little uh teaser yeah yeah show, I guess, sweet I but um hey if you if you actually end up having a um by the time we, if we put, you know, when we put this out put it in the show notes I'll, yeah i was gonna say oh, put, yeah. put, uh, put the teaser reel in the show notes well yeah. i got a i got a text message during the podcast from one of the band members Already asking uh, if we have an estimate, <laughs> is it? But but in all honesty, it'll probably be soon because I yeah. I know I'm I'm we're, we're I pumped. stayed up last night and edited like half of it already because well, I'm just so excited. Right, and you know that's how it is, right? Because that 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 segues nice to the next thing where, like, like Eric said, you know when you're when you're excited about something, right? You you want to work on it all the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, we, as creatives, we get rightfully so sucked into the paying jobs. Right, that may not be lend us to be the most creative we can, or, or the most uh, flexing most muscles we can, but we're getting paid, so we can't really argue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, for me personally, I mean, th- this to me, right, starting this whole podcast and thing is like a personal project, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not getting paid, and there's no advertising for it or anything like that. Um, but it's something I'm passionate about because I finally get to introduce everyone else to all my really awesome creative friends who are doing all kinds of different things and all kinds of walks of life um, that I think people would generally like to hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess, is there, is, I mean, we've even done some personal work together, but is there, is there any like, you know, personal projects you're working on or stuff that you think is just, you know, has you really kind of excited? 
Um, well, look, has, I, Chris has a good one for this right. one. I uh, think that one, I mean, do you want to go into that? I feel like that could be a whole episode. Bri- briefly. So. Yeah. Very okay. briefly. Yeah. Uh, we, we were at the very beginning stages of, uh, uh, so, so we, we worked on a job not too long ago that was, uh, was based on creating some training style videos for educators on, uh, different parts of the Chesapeake Bay watershed. And one of the modules on that was on climate change and that, that kind of thing and how it's affecting the Chesapeake right. Bay. Right, Al Gore. Yeah. yeah, you know, the Al yeah. Gore stuff. And uh, Super serial guys. <laughs> so uh, one of the portions in this, they were talking about this island called Smith Island, and I had never heard of it. No, I never heard of it either. And, yeah, I don't feel like most people haven't. And uh, turns out it's uh, a tiny island. It's the last island in the Chesapeake Bay that's inhabited by people and, and not, uh, connected to the the rest of the U.S. by a road, and so I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of interesting. They're talking about how you know it's going to get taken away by erosion and sea level rise in the Chesapeake Bay. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I got home and it just ate away at me and it ate away at me. And I started researching it, and I'm still not entirely sure why I'm so floored by this. Uh, but for whatever reason, it grabbed a hold of me, and uh, now we're in the research phases of uh, of a documentary about this tiny island in the Chesapeake Bay with. Like 160 some residents left that isn't going to be there in a little over 20 years. And we want to make something that's kind of a testament to this vacuum of a culture that right. won't be there, but then also to kind of shine the spotlight on like this is happening for a very real reason that there's still a lot of people denying is happening, which I, I think is part of the reason I'm so passionate about it because just want to take people like that and shake them and but you can't do that because you don't know them and right 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 where it's like people you know, frown on that people I'm, frown on shaking I'm, on I'm, people I'm, I'm sure he watches like WikiLeaks and just yeah. gets off on that kind of shit <laughs> um all right cool yeah yeah so i mean it, it's and and that's you know like we all know i mean that's a big part of it a big part of it is you know finding stuff that you inspired by you know because you think about it if, if you're not into it we talk about this you just don't work on it no right. one, no one blames you there yeah um so i guess that's another thing is you know a lot of times people i know myself i pull inspiration from all kinds of stuff but a lot of it is films you know like i'll, I'll see something in a film whether i love movies but whether it's a film or a short film or documentary the way it's shot or, or or certain i love the way you know certain people like the cinematography of it will have like one shot where in my mind while i'm watching a movie i go that's an amazing still you know, like mm-hmm, the way yeah. they framed it out. Um, but what about you guys? I mean, where where do you guys pull a lot of your inspiration from uh, for video stuff? I mean, is, is it is it other? You know, is, is it other videos, or is it on the other side of the thing? Do you find some photographs that you think can expand into something more? For me, uh, it, it comes from all kinds of places. Probably surprisingly enough, uh, because I'm not a musician at all. Um, music is probably one of the most inspiring where I'll visually be able to see the most and feel the most uh, listening to a really a song that I find really moving. Um, it's not uncommon at all for me to be, you know, moved to tears by a song and what I can, what I see when I hear that song. Right. Right. Like you reading know, a really good book and, and what you kind of imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Definitely, uh, emotions, you know, anything that makes me feel something is something that inspires me. So, like, uh, probably an example of a movie that made me feel that way is uh, Cloud Atlas. You know, I watched that now four or five times, and especially after the first time, I, after it was over, I wanted to be a better person, you know? The, and, the one with Halle Berry and... Yeah, and, yeah, Tom Hanks. Yeah, and, uh, I, it, I should watch it again, because the first time I watched it, I was like, that's the that's the that's, that's the I mean? common that's yeah. the common yeah. reaction, and it's a very you have to really like was, let yourself get into it. Right, it, I mean, I wasn't into it, but it was like a lot. To it process. is a lot. You got to be right. ready to watch a movie like right. that. Right, it's a heavy, it's a heavy stoned, movie. Stoned, you know, yeah, <laughs> not right. doing anything for a couple of days, no, yeah. <laughs> a couple of sandwiches, just thinking about home. it, just like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you might want to get stoned after the movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, because pondering of, the movie, right? Because if you capture that in that state, if you got to get up to get nachos halfway through, you're gonna, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna miss the whole thing. So yeah. it's, and you know you're getting up for nachos. Oh man, so yeah, yeah. 
You don't get you don't get this when that works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I heard that. This is so, constant upkeep on this yeah. gut. But like, yeah, that's kind of anything that makes me envision or feel a, a strong emotion is very inspiring because I think that's very powerful, and I can appreciate that in any artist. You know, whether it's a painting, a, a photograph, a song, or a movie they're making me feel a strong emotion no matter what that emotion is i respect that and i'm inspired by that in a lot of in a lot of cases i can i i can definitely relate i mean i uh i think we've talked about this a few years ago um i was one time i was driving back speaking of music i was driving back from pittsburgh and this is before like spot up well Spotify wasn't around. Pandora wasn't around, but I, I just never was listening to it. So I uh, I would always ask my friends, like, hey, what's some good music I should just put on my phone and listen to while I'm driving? And my one buddy, Sean Hamilton, who's a photographer in Pittsburgh, uh, gave me a mix of different hardcore stuff, right? And in it, there was this one song that was literally just instrumentals. And it was only like maybe three minutes long. And... I don't know why I found it so hauntingly beautiful that I literally played it on repeat for four hours <laughs> of the, I'm not even kidding. And luckily it was by myself. So no yeah. one would kick me out of the car. But when I did it, I literally envisioned an entire short film I wanted to make. Yeah. Um, very Kaiser. So esque but it was, I'll, I'm, I'll play for you guys, but it was crazy how, yeah. How like something like that, I mean, could, could spawn and I, and it's one of those things where we talk about a lot about personal projects and and to me what's interesting is it's something that I thought about years ago I didn't know you guys then I don't I, you know and I it's one of those things where it would still have to be either putting the money into it or finding someone who's really into the idea that they could go along with it and uh, and and go in on it um, because we I was so into it my buddy my buddy Gabe we started storyboarding stuff and. And it was very low on terms of um, script and speaking. That was kind of part of the whole idea was letting that song kind of entrance you. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, it's crazy. Like movies, films. I mean, there was uh, this quote I saw that was like, you know, photographer's style is basically a culmination of how they view politics, music, life, mm-hmm. sex, yeah. people they've loved and lost. And like, I thought that was so true. Yeah. Because you can really pull your inspiration from so many things, um, but when it comes down to it, I mean, it's just all creative stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and uh, it's you know, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, so one thing I want to ask, um, getting into uh, kind of just like a personal note is, I mean, I, I know Eric. I know for for you and and me both recently um, in the last few years are our lives have taken a big change that we both found people who, who had children and, you know, and how we kind of were stepped into that parenting kind of role. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times that really does kind of change your outlook on a lot of things. Um, and I know, you know, now Chris is, you know, engaged and, uh, you know, you're married now. So, yep. uh, and have your own little, little Creighton on the way. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, and, you know, my question is like, how has that, if if at all, I'm sure it would, how has that changed your kind of outlook on your career and, and kind of what you guys envisioned for? Or has it just made you hustle harder? You know? Um, I think, you know, one of the things when, when I met my wife, Julianne, um, I was, it kind of worked out at a time where we went on one date and it was amazing. It was a great date. <laughs> and uh, we had a picnic. We ate bacon. Aww, yeah, picnic. Kind of Your yeah. first date was a picnic? Slack line. You know, I the slack line was really the best thing because if you know what a slack line is. You mean like the, yeah, the thing you tie in between two trees yeah, and you try and walk on? Yeah. Well, I've done it when I was in Argentina. It's not very easy. Yeah, yeah, you, so that's right. You Those have. are harder than ours. Yeah. They they yeah. have real ones. We, they, we they have do. the Americanized version yeah. that is. It's like basically a two for, by four. Dummies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is, it is. But even dummies have like us have a hard time on oh, it's it. It's still hard. It's still hard. Yeah. But like, so I was like, oh, have you ever heard of this? You know, oh, well, if you want, I, we could ha- go on a picnic and I can, you know, you could try it out and. You know, she said yes, thankfully, and we nice. did that. And but we had booked a trip, a, a documentary, which 
going back to our favorite project, this would be tied for me with the project oh, yeah. we just right. had. Absolutely. Um, we got to go. Not even fair to call that one project, though. Just yeah, it was scale. like half a year or something <laughs> of work. But we went to Phoenix for three months, filmed a documentary on mm, uh, dry heat. This, uh, this golf school. And basically, it was four new professionals, uh, golf professionals who were struggling on mini tours. And they went uh, to this golf school, which is the school that hired us. And they were kind of got trained there for 90 days. And then they were heading over to Thailand to compete, try to qualify and get their Asian tour card. So we got to go to Thailand for two months too. So I literally went on one date, you know, with my now wife and then left for five months. And, you know, we... Dude, you left her one more. We we went from... Give him a taste. (laughs) we, We did the whole boyfriend, girlfriend thing through Skype, you know, and like... Uh, came back and it, it was great, but like, so our relationship started on me traveling. So now, you know, you come back and work locally and just a few overnighters, you know, for a right. year and a half. And recently, you know, I, I thought to myself, you know, what would happen if that opportunity came up again? Now, that particular opportunity would be really tough because that was five months and that probably, you know, wouldn't work right Uh, but you know we recently had an opportunity to bid a project that was going to be i think three weeks in thailand and uh you know i kind of put the question out there well like what do you think if if this comes through right and you know she was very supportive of it so that's great, but at the same time, you know, it's still there's a part of you that's like, man, should I do this? You yeah, know? you got to right, finding that balance, and you know. and there is a balance, and you know, I don't want to say luckily that didn't work out, but it didn't work out, so I wasn't put in the situation right. to make that choice. But um, we know how women are; they should do this totally. Yeah. Do what you want. Yeah, in your head, you're like, no, do nothing. <laughs> is this a trick? Yeah. <laughs> No, but I think it really hasn't changed um, much in the way of like, you know, she's she's a makeup artist, so she's freelance, so she understands, um, right, she you know, knows, you have to hustle, hustle. And, and take the money when it's there. and yeah, strike, you know, strike while the iron's hot. Exactly. And, um, you know, she, we're having a baby, so she's going to be staying home with the baby, and she she's looking forward to doing that. And so that means that I have to become more responsible for the financial side. Um, bring home that bacon. Bring home the bacon, you know. Hey, so we have more bacon. Comes full circle, right? Yeah. First, first date, bacon. Yeah. Sure does. <laughs> um, brought it on the picnic. Now he's got to bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> but long, long answer basically to say, I don't think it really has changed um, yet. There hasn't been a, a scenario yet where I was like, oh, no. You know, I guess... Two years ago, I would have easily said yes to a jo- to a job that put me in a terribly dangerous situation because of the adventure. Whereas I probably wouldn't say yes to that job. Right? You know? I'm you know? still I'm still there, Chris, because I don't have any kids. Yeah, yeah. 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 And <laughs> so, you know what? And it's it's the funny. So like my my brother in law is a big uh, you know action you know, sports guy. You know, mm-hmm. so he played football in college and does all kind of stuff. And you know, was running and mountain biking and all this stuff. And, and it was funny. He he used to have a Ducati when they met. He was a Ducati monster. Ooh, beautiful bike. Yeah. Right? And uh, when he met my sister, they're both living in the city and he, you know, she wasn't crazy about it. And uh, it's funny that it started being ridden less and less and less. And then I'd see it in the garage. And now that they have, they're in the suburb in Jersey and have, you know, two twin boys. And, and he honestly probably hadn't ridden it since they were born. Mm-hmm. And I asked him about it one time, you know, and, and, uh, cause he would still ride it, but it, obviously not as much as it used to, but, right. He uh, he told me he's like yeah he's like dude I you know when I was when I you know before I had kids like literally I he'd go down skiing he's like I just bombed down a mountain not even care mm-hmm. you know mountain bike my brother I just bombed down this you know trail and just not even care in the world you know and as soon as I had kids he's like just just changed because now it's just not about myself it's God forbid something happens like right what are the boys gonna do you know it, and, it's like an instinctive thing I think because yeah, you don't really sure. consciously like have that discussion in your head you know yeah. it's just like now like what and i like because i look back at some of the stuff the i used to gonna do. do yeah yeah right papa right bears papa bear yeah. goes down hard but what's gonna happen right oh so, yeah exactly yeah it's, so it's you know so 
uh, I know we're kind of getting towards the end, so I just want to not wrap it up, but in the sense, um, bring everything. So I guess, uh, and this is always a tough thing, right, to, to ask, but would there, would you think there's any kind of like five year plan or a ten year plan of what you guys envision? You know, will your company change? You know, will it become like? on production house or maybe like you'll just take on some more freelancers underneath you to help you with you know certain jobs and stuff like that i mean because you know, that's kind of important you know you you do want to take on you know, to have a looseness in saying that things are going to change and you know, on your control but like for a lot of us you know having some kind of outlook goal uh helps keep you kind of on track and, and, and stuff like Absolutely. that so is is there any you know kind of anything you guys vision for the rest of the uh, do you want to take this, Chris? We we kind of I can take it if you want. Let's... Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, so we Chris, you can tell Chris is the drummer. <laughs> He's the one in the back, right? Yeah. Eric's like I'm the front man. Yeah, dude. Chris, Chris is the lead singer when he needs to be a lead singer. That's for right. sure. Team player. Um, you're adorable. This this part this question's probably geared more towards my mm-hmm. role of, in the company, right. like that. You're just a you're just a figurehead now. You're I, literally going to be the Queen of England. You'll have no say in the day to day. Oh, I'll have a say. <laughs> I'm more of a Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> We're pulling the strings like from behind the scenes, like House of Cards. I like your Kevin Spacey got the, look. Got he the does. shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eric, you want to go on a duck hunt later? Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, but I would say we, we uh, kind of took on an investor who's been a little bit of a mentor, too. Um, nice. And between that and kind of finding our own way, and one of the things we've always done up until this point, it's been good and bad, is we, we and I wouldn't say up until this point, but up until maybe like a year ago, we've kind of just gone with the flow totally, which I think is important that you have the ability to go with the flow. Right. But, you know, we weren't thinking big enough, I think. And uh, maybe about a year ago, we started pitching to some investors. And that whole process forced us to be... And because we we didn't... We are a self-funded company. Right. Um, up until you know recently, we never had to do a business plan right. officially. Right. We never had to do... We, you know, look at the numbers that hard. And right. going through that process and putting together, you know, a performa and, and, you know, pitching to investors who care if you're going to succeed or not, you know, forces you to look at your own company and tighten everything up a bit. Exactly. I mean, more than a bit. And like we, we kind of then between that and we read a book called the E-Myth. So anybody out there who is an entrepreneur should absolutely read the E-Myth revisited and that kind of, that kind of uh, inspired us to look at our business more like the book's kind of about looking at your business like a um, what's the word I'm looking for? What, what just a franchise for, prototype for everyone else? Who, yeah, uh, who, who, email, who's it written by? Remember? I figure we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come it. back to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to that. Put, but, a pin, put a pin in it. But um, basically, what we decided. Like with the weddings, we knew that we didn't always want to be out there shooting these weddings. Right. Who does? Um, 12 hours. But we also didn't know, yeah, if if we could handle like managing other shooters. Right. This book kind of gave us the confidence about how we would transition from where we are now. Because I I really believe that one of the most crucial parts about making it long term is okay, you can either stay small and hustle your whole life, or you can get big and you can that's when you that's the only way to make a lot of money and not that i i don't really care about making a lot of money as long as my as long as our investors aren't listening right now which probably aren't to this um i want to make plenty of money so that we can do the projects we want to do i want to make a lot of money like we were talking about earlier when i met uh and we're partners so we're gonna have to make a lot of money exactly because i want to make a lot of money This, this is perfect. Eric doesn't have to care about money, so he can have that. Chris is like, dude, I need. But we can still I make need this hoverboard. Come on, that's bro. what I, mean. I want. A hoverboard. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm, I want a hoverboard, a bigger piano, and a like, lot of money is relative. 
Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, I was gonna say a lot. A lot of money compared to the amount of money I've gotten used to living on is probably the amount of money most he, people you know, make. You know so you're, you know so I'm saying I'm fine with a million dollars. You know, yeah. like yeah, I can yeah, yeah. a million dollars would be great, but I don't need to. Shit, make I'm billion. fine with a hundred thousand. I've never seen a hundred thousand. No, you know, he reminds you. Remember, he knocked up when his character was living <laughs> living off of like ten thousand dollars for six yeah. years. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's that's crazy. dude. I yeah. could do that. So I could absolutely. So do we're that. yeah, and that's true. Chris, just for everybody out there, is a cheap bastard. So like, hey, no, 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 I am. No, I am. Frugal. Yeah. Frugal. No, I, either either name I'm fine with. <laughs> in, in most. In, but you know what? It's a good balance because I'm very much like let's throw money into our company, which can easily put you in the in trouble. You right? Know, yeah, where, of course. Where you don't have yeah. cash flow. Um, yeah. Chris kind of is a check system with checks and balances. Sometimes we're like, uh, sh- do we should we be doing that? Right. So we kind of to, com- give, to give you a good a good idea of of how that works. Last night, my fiance dragged me to Target because there was because there was a sale on jeans, and she thought that was going to get me. I have I have two I have two pairs of Levi's five elevens, denim. De- not not even denim. I don't care. But they're I got them what three years ago when, when we were living in Phoenix. Right. Both of them, like crotches ripped out of them. Lovely. Whatever. I wear. I just nice. wear them all the time. Right. And but like, you haven't noticed anything weird about my jeans today, have you? So they're I'm, fine. You know what I mean? I'm not like, gonna lie. You haven't you haven't pulled a basic instinct on me and but that's kind of, <laughs> but but that's what I'm what I'm saying is like I and I went and you know I looked looked at the jeans or whatever, but in my mind What I have is fine. I, yeah, why would I spend this money? Dude, you, like like the uh like the CEO of IKEA, right? The founder of IKEA has billion probably billions of dollars and he drives around a old Volvo, like <laughs> the entire like that he's owned since like yeah. whatever. So yeah. There's some truth to that, and, and you know, and you know, it uh, it it it, it kind of need that. You we balance, I mean? we balance each other, right? Exactly, because yeah, yeah. you guys said like you kind of both at because of the fact that you're so far apart and different walks of life and all that kind of stuff, you kind of play off each other, and that's what you want. If we were exactly the same, but there'd be no time. reason, yeah, be to be partners because exactly. neither of us would bring anything that the other, and it'd be constantly be like. Hey, do you want to do this? Yeah, I do, because that's exactly the way I think. Cool. We would high five, and we would both die because we would starve to death because we'd be poor. Yeah, we still high five, but it's normally after a five minute, you know, discussion on yeah. should we spend this money or not. Oh, well, I mean, hey, like you said, it's it's one of those things where a lot of the stuff we do is based on impulse. Let's be honest, we're humans, right? But if you literally take that five minutes and go discuss this, and that's what honestly Jessica is in my life. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna do this, and she's like. Let's chat for a second. <laughs> and she kind of like brings you back in. And I'm like, oh, that was an emotional response of a choice. That wasn't a make. Maybe I should. Yeah. I should always take at least five minutes to really kind of talk it out in my head. It's usually not a bad thing. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's funny because you said everything's relative. I was telling you guys last week I was at, uh, at the standout forum in, in New York City. And I got to uh, a chance to hear Mark Seliger speak. That guy is a great example of. You know, keeping things relative. He, he had a personal project he wanted to do, and he threw thirty thousand dollars at a shoot. I, I mean, like you said, I mean, Chris is like, if I ever saw thirty thousand dollars, I'd I'd probably die. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's always <laughs> relative. And uh, but I guess the the best part is, like you guys said, is is having that ability. You know what I mean? Whether it's whether it's two people who are single, one guy, or whatever. You can at least say, okay, we're going to balance out the money part of it and the business end. Makes sense to the point where if we want to do something like that, it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. So, uh, I know we're kind of running out of time here, but at the same time, I think, you know, I'm going to wrap it up, but I think it's been, been great. You know, it, it's, yeah. you know, we're learning a lot about uh, what's involved to do this kind of thing and take it on. Uh, one thing we, we both know as creatives is, I can say this. I've been thinking about this for a few months, but at least getting the first one done, yeah, it's half the battle. You know what I mean? Because yeah, now I'm absolutely. thinking to myself, all right, I got some momentum going. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Let's keep doing this. Uh, so I, uh, I showed Chris a, a funny a funny note, and I'll show you in a second. That that was kind of an example of when crazy, weird crap comes in your head, and you just write it down, and I think that could be my next personal project. But it's just crazy. But... um. But yeah, so you know, I just want to thank you guys for you know, helping me out and uh, being the guinea pigs in this first episode. Yeah, man, thank you. Absolutely, you yeah. Know? Yeah, it's I'm honored you thought of us. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, of course. 
Well, like Eric for the microphone. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> mainly for the microphones. I just use you guys to be like, yeah. hey, is my blue Yeti going to work? Or? But uh, thanks for letting us <laughs> yeah. stay and talk after setting up the gear. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate I had to. It was your own apartment. I couldn't take <laughs> it out. You know? Hey, guys, can I use this place for like an hour? <laughs> the acoustics in here are just great. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah. All right. So listen, guys, I just want to say, you know, thanks again. Um, so I guess to, to kind of, uh, Smooth it out. Um, out. Yeah, fade out. Um, why, do, <laughs> uh, why don't uh, why don't you guys tell us where we can find some of your work and stuff like that, and we can add it to the uh, show notes and stuff like that. Uh, so you can check out our uh, work on www.almondbrothers. Did you seriously drop the World Wide Web dot yeah. thing on there? World Wide Web. I hate to break it. I H-T-T. think nowadays. HTT. Well, all right. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. So you can check out our work on almondbrothers.com, A-U-M-E-N brothers.com. We you guys all, do have a nice last name. It has a nice ring to it. It works out. It works out. That's brothers, B-R-O-T-H-E-R-S. Brothers like the... E-R-S, like real brothers. Like the family members. Not brothers. brothers. Not brothers. You know. Bros. You know. Not like in Zoolander. You know, like we're real brothers. Like not like we black people use it, but I feel like it's more <laughs> meaning that way. All right, guys. Well listen, thanks again. Uh it's been I've learned a, a lot, you know, and uh and I think it's gonna be uh, a great start to uh something great. So maybe we'll have you guys back on. Good luck cool, with man. the podcast. Thank yeah, you, absolutely. Sir. Thank you. Thank You're you. gonna kill it. All right. All right.